0: Now. have made it even better it's had a redesign inside and out now from the studios of techguide.com.au Stephen fennec Tech Guide episode 173, hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer technology. Thanks for listening and thanks for downloading, it's great to have you with us once again and for those joining us for the first time, we're glad you found us. My name is Stephen Fennec, I'm the editor of techguide.com.au and this week's show, How Your Smartphone Can Help Find a Cure for Cancer. How soon before we have driverless cars on our roads and the new HP Star Wars laptops inspired by the dark side? In the Tech Guide reviews, we check out the new Zuma self-balancing scooter from 3-Volve, the laser wireless multi-room speaker, And Call of Duty Black Ops 3. And we'll wrap it up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products. And Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. Lots to talk about, so let's jump straight in. Well, it's an interesting announcement from Vodafone in conjunction with the Garvin Institute of Medical Research. Now, why would these two companies get together? Well, it's a rather extraordinary little story, this one. Uh, They've released an app. It's called the Dream Lab. And it's all about, well, the Garvin Institute's all about research, trying to find a cure and to increase research uh, in a bid to try to find an answer to Cancers like breast cancer, ovarian cancer, prostate cancer, pancreatic cancer. These are Australia's biggest killers. Now, how does an app help do that, and how does your smartphone get involved? Well, it works like this. You can download the Dream Lab app. It only works on Android devices. It will only also work while you're sleeping. So while you're at rest, while your phone is idle, And if it has a battery charge above 95%, which overnight is generally when we tend to charge our smartphones, each smartphone, the computing power of that smartphone is actually harnessed by the Garvin Institute. Now, what happens? They explain it as as if the whole research project is like a giant crossword puzzle. And each smartphone solves its own little clue. So with that added computing power, they said that if a hundred thousand smartphones were running the Dream Lab app, so once you go to bed, then the, the, the Dream Lab app would would be awoken and the Garvin Institute can tap into the computing power of that device. So if a hundred thousand smartphones were running the Dream Lab app, then Researchers will be able to crunch the data for uh, for to, to help find the cure for can- these cancers three thousand times faster than they are now now that, that's that 's extraordinary considering that there are more smartphones in Australia than there are people so we 're talking nearly twenty more more than twenty three million smartphones so as I said, if only one hundred thousand of those decided to run the Dream Lab app, then that would be a huge benefit to the Garvin Institute to plough through that research. And you never know. Could so, so, Solving those small cancer research problems one at a time, that could help us on the road to curing this terrible disease. Now, Australians are are going to all be touched by cancer in some way, whether it's ourselves, a loved one. The stats in Australia says that by the time we reach the age of 85, there is a one in three chance for women to develop cancer. For men, it's a one in two chance. So I think it's well worth our effort to try to find an, an answer uh, a, a solution, a cure for these terrible diseases, so I really applaud Vodafone getting involved here. What they're offering, apart from promoting it to more than their more than five million customers around Australia, they're also offering the uh, the data that is used by the app will be unmeted. So if you use the Vodafone's uh, cellular network from your home, uh, that that data will be unmeted because once you download the app, you are asked to pick. A research project, so you, you can nominate where your computing power is going to be aimed at, whether it's breast cancer, ovarian cancer, prostate, pancreatic cancer. You also do, uh, nominate the amount of data you would like to donate to the project as well. So if you're if you're just connecting through the mobile network, your choices are fifty meg, uh, two fifty meg, or five hundred meg per month. So that's the amount of data they're going to be using. To, uh, to, to take to harness this computing power of your smartphone. If your phone's connected to Wi-Fi at home, then you can donate even more, of course. So 250 meg, 500 meg, or even a gig over that month period. But as I said, if you're a Vodafone customer going through the cellular network, then that will be unmetered. So uh, free free and unmetered for Vodafone customers. And of course, if you've got a Wi-Fi network, then uh, you've got to bear the cost yourself. But a gig in a whole month, uh, that's at the top level, 250 meg, 500 meg, one gig. That's really not a lot to give up. So as I said, it works at night. So while we're sleeping, and if your device is connected to a charger, uh, and if, as soon as your device, uh, the, the device's battery is above 95 capacity, then DreamLab will get to work. It's available, it's free to download from the Google Play Store, so I must emphasize it's only for Android users. Uh, At this stage, it will not work with an iPhone. So uh, get downloading, I think, why not donate the computing power of your smartphone, Look, it's not gonna, you're not going to be using your smartphone during the night. It's only going to be working when it's idle, so it's not going to really Im- impact on any, any type of thing you're going to be doing. Uh, and it's uh, not, not going to use up too much data. And if you're on a Vodafone network, it's going to go unmeted anyway. So uh, why not give it a go? Download Dream Lab now from the Android Play Store. And if you want to find out more about that story, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, keeping you updated and educated. Driverless cars, or we should say, probably self-driving cars, uh, are not too far away, according to the boss of Volvo Australia, Kevin McCann, who uh, spoke late last week on the eve of a uh, autonomous driving test which we'll speak about in a moment, uh, it was held in Adelaide, he's predicting that we can have driverless cars or self-driving cars on our roads by 2020. That's less than five years away, but on one condition. The states need to change their traffic laws. Because at the moment, the laws state quite clearly that it is it is illegal for you not to have your at least one hand on the wheel. The laws actually need to have two hands on the wheel. So you need to be in control of the vehicle. The driver has to have two hands on the wheel and be in complete control of that vehicle. Now, with the Volvo company, why they're involved with this, and they had a successful test in Adelaide last Saturday, their new car, the XC90, which actually I had a chance to drive some, uh, some months ago, a couple of months ago down in Canberra. This is a car that has already included. So this car exists today has features like automatic lane keeping, adaptive cruise control, and queue assist Now, let me explain a little bit how each of those work. Automatic lane keeping, pretty simple. There are sensors and cameras in the car that can tell if you're drifting out of your lane. So it looks at the lines on the road. If it sees that you're about to cross, it will correct the car automatically. And I, I saw this for myself when I was driving around Canberra. I deliberately drifted, and you could actually feel the car Sort of just nudge you back into the lane. Now, adaptive cruise control that means that once you set a certain speed, then the car will maintain that speed. But what happens if another car comes in front of you? Uh, the Volvo XC90 can actually sense that, so it can adapt, it can brake. And keep a safe distance from the car ahead of you and then when it's safe to do so will increase it will increase to that nominated cruise speed that you set earlier. Now queue assist, here's another little feature that's ideal for city traffic. Now how often have you been stuck in traffic and you're just nudging up forward, braking, nudging up again, braking? It takes a little while to get through that little bit of traffic. Well, wouldn't it be great if the car could actually do that for you? So we can look at the car in front of you and can sense the distance, can move forward when it's safe to do so, brake when it's when necessary. This is all possible right now with the XC90. So. Once the laws change where it will allow a driver to let go of the wheel, to let the car take control, then you're going to see self-driving cars. Driverless cars means the car's empty, in my opinion. I I like to think of them as self-driving cars. So you can imagine a scenario where you're driving to work or wherever you have to go, the car's taking control, it is steering and braking and doing everything for you, so you can actually sit back, read a book, look through your emails, do some work while you're driving. Now, how many people drive, and you probably are listening to this podcast in your car. I do know a lot of my listeners like to listen while they're driving. Well, imagine being able that while you're listening to this great podcast, you could also be doing some other work. You might want to do some, some writing or to answer some emails or whatever you need to do. Suddenly, this time behind the wheel is given back to us. So we hope you still keep listening to the Tech Guide podcast, of course. But imagine the possibilities of being able to do other things as well. It's an exciting future we have here, and a lot of other major car companies are chasing this same goal. We're talking all the major manufacturers like Audi, Mercedes Benz, BMW. They're all uh, they've already demonstrated autonomous driving. And I anticipate that at the Consumer Electronics Show in a couple of months in January in Las Vegas, we're going to hear about that even more. So the car's becoming even smarter. The car's actually driving for us. Who'd have thought that? I say, bring it on. If you want to see more, you want to check out my story about actually my XC90 drive, as well as the report about how how we could be driverless, uh, our driverless cars, our self-driving cars within five years. You can check that story out at techguide.com.au. Now, everyone who knows me knows that I'm a Star Wars fan and there is a reason to celebrate. Of course, it's only... I think how many days, it's about 38 days we are from The Force Awakens in opening in theatres. I'm a tad excited. I'm actually very, very excited. But in in anticipation of that release, HP have come to the party with a Star Wars-themed laptop. So, a, a, a Brilliant, brilliant bit of marketing from HP uh, here for all of us Star Wars geeks who will buy anything with uh, that Star Wars themed. And you take a look in stores now, they're really taking advantage of that Star Wars fandom with every bit of merchandise available. Before the film, they're saying that there'll be more than $7 billion worth of merchandise sold in the next 12 months well, HP is going to add to that cost, or that that, that, uh, amount of money raised by Disney with this brand new laptop, now it's got a 15.6 inch display and it's inspired by the dark side so it's actually inspired by the Galactic Empire, and it's got this battle-worn distressed design, it has an image of Darth Vader on the lid, it's also got the unique Star Wars Orobesh font on the hinge, Uh, and there's also Stormtroopers decorating the keyboard, uh, the wrist rest on the keyboard as well. The trackpad even has the X-Wing fighter guidance system. Remember when Luke was flying down the trench in the uh, episode 4 in New Hope and he turned on his, his targeting computer and you see the lines converging uh, as he targets the uh, the thermal exhaust port on the Death Star. That is the pattern that is actually on the track pad, and as we know of course Luke ended up brushing the uh, guidance system and using the force as Obi-Wan Kenobi suggested to blow up the Death Star. I hope that's not a spoiler. I'd like to think that anyone who listens to the Tech Guide podcast has actually seen the original Star Wars film. Anyway, back to the laptop. It does have the Intel Core i5 processor on board, as well as a one terabyte hard drive, 8 gig of RAM, and a dedicated 2 gig NVIDIA GeForce 940M processor. So decent all around. It's also got B&O Play, which is uh, means that the speaker system actually sounds as good as it looks. And so all in all, you're getting actually pretty decent powered laptop. And throw in on top of that... Even more enhancements like Star Wars themed wallpapers. You've even got eight categories of sound effects, so uh, which include you know the lightsabers and R2D2 and all various other sound effects from the films. Uh, there's also original posters and concept art, characters, costumes, settings. All these galleries to explore as well. And it doesn't stop there. You can even buy a matching Star Wars special edition mouse for 49 bucks or a sleeve to keep it all safe for 49 bucks as well. The HP Star Wars Special Edition laptop, it's priced at $1,299. It is available right now, so the force is very strong with this, and if you want to check out the pictures of that ultra-cool laptop, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And the new Netgear Nighthawk X4S AC 2600 Wi-Fi VDSL, ADSL modem router is here, and it's perfect for connected Aussie homes. Netgear's latest addition to the Nighthawk family is a high-performance piece of equipment specially built for streaming, gaming, and connected homes with lots of devices. The Nighthawk X4S, or otherwise known as the D 7800, will deliver AC Wi-Fi speeds of up to 2600 megabits per second, and supports ADSL and VDSL connections. It's the first modem router on the market to support the latest Wave 2 Wi-Fi technology with quad stream on both bands, and multi-user MIMO, that's multiple in, multiple out, Capability. This means maximizing connection speeds for faster streaming, faster gaming, and less buffering. So, if your household loves streaming Netflix, it loves online gaming, and has multiple devices, check out the new Nighthawk X4S Wi Fi modem router from Netgear. Search D7800 at netgear.com.au. Now, a tech guide review with Stephen Fennett. A different kind of review for to kick off the section this week, and we are talking about the Zuma. This is from a company called 3 Volve in Brisbane. Now, this product has many names. It's called a hoverboard, a self-balancing scooter, a mini Segway. It's also uh, electric unicycle. All these names for it, It's uh, they're basically all the same product. One thing they have in common, though, is they're popular. Now, not all of these devices, though, were created equal. We're talking about two wheels, there are two sensor pads on top, and simply what the user does is stand on the, on the hoverboard. We're going to call this one the Zoomer from 3 Volve. You stand on top of the Zoomer, and you simply apply, sort of lean forward, sort of press forward on your feet, apply a little bit of weight forward, and you move forward you apply that same weight backwards and it'll either stop or move backwards. And to turn is simply a matter of you favoring the weight either left or right to make a, a turn on the spot. It's got a tight, really tight turning circle so you can easily get around. Now, uh, it does take about 10 minutes to learn this thing. It's not hard at all. Once you get your balance and once you find your way, it's simply a matter of just keeping your head up and keeping your balance and moving pretty quickly. It moves up to, uh, I think, about 20 kilometers an hour, which is pretty pretty quick when you think about it. Now, uh, this is a product that is designed for those people who, rather than walking or having to drive short distances, this can come to the party. This will allow you, this is your own little personal transport system. So it actually goes up to 10 kilometres now, which is pretty fast when you think about it. Walking that fast, uh, it's really hard. You've probably got to run to be able to achieve speeds uh, like that. Uh, It can run, though... Battery charge needs about two to three hours of charging time and can get up to about 20 kilometers of range on a single charge. And that, of course, depends upon the weight of the rider. Speaking of which, it can handle about 120 kilos. Now, I'm not the smallest guy in the world. I don't quite weigh 120, but I'm, uh, I'm over 100. It, it did handle my weight very, very easily. Now, uh, it has two solid rubber wheels, so they're not the pump-up wheels, they're the solid wheels, uh, and the in uh, inbuilt motor also uh, helps you get over, especially with the sports model that I'll talk about in a sec, lets you get over various cracks in the pavement, little bumps that, that you might find in front of you. Now, there are a lot of these on the market, as I said, and they're not all the same, there are some cheap models out there that people are buying on eBay. And people are thinking, oh, great, it's only 300 bucks," And they get it, and it works for a week, and it doesn't work anymore. And they can't do anything about it because it was sent over from China. And there's no recourse. There's no after-sales service. Uh, they're stuck with uh, a very heavy paperweight. Uh, but what 3 volve has done, and I've spoken to Trent, uh, the guys up in the in the company there, Trent Fung, who's the uh, owner of the company, they decided to open an Australian store to give Australian customers something they weren't getting before. And that's proper customer service and a device that's actually adapted for Australian users. So you're getting the proper charger that meets all our safety certifications. Uh, it's got proper 240 volt, the whole beat, the whole box and dice. And also, not only is it uh, specified for Australia, it's also a higher quality product. So they've got uh, better motor, better processor on board, a better quality battery. So what you're actually getting is a higher quality device. And I know this because I was actually, I, I had a, a cheaper eBay, let's call it an eBay model. It was a a, a cheapy, about two three hundred dollar model. And I had the Zoomer, and I have to say the no the difference is quite noticeable. The Zoomer is a lot smoother, a lot more responsive. It, it's it's a little bit, but the quality of design is a little bit better. The finish is a little bit better. So you do really get what you pay for. Uh, the device though itself, I think the it, it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you, you really do need to be very careful on it. Of course, Either they advise you in the instruction booklet that you know if you don't wear helmets and things like that, if you do fall over, you can hurt yourself. And there were a couple of times where I did fall off it. I landed on my backside, and and there were times where uh, early on when I wasn't very good on it that uh, I, I I had to stop suddenly or whatever. So it is the sort of product that I think it's aimed not not for kids. I think you probably need to be ten, twelve, and older. To use this properly for a start, and and to and to use it safely, uh, it, it is it the sports model of the Zuma. There is a classic and a sports model. So the classic has more of the rounder design, uh, and. The sports model has more, a bit more of an angular, aggressive design, different uh, different types of rims on it as well. Same size wheels, same motor, everything else is the same. Uh, the Sport, to me, seemed a little bit more nimble, a little bit more performance-orientated, and so I, I found that was the difference between the two. They're also available in several different colors. I think four different colors in the Classic, five different colors in the Sport. Uh, and I found that this is a sort of product that it, it's... Uh, You really need to practice at it. You need to be careful and cautious with it. You need to probably wear a helmet, even elbow knee pads if you want to go that far. It does come with a bag, a carry bag as well. So I'd imagine the scenario would be that for someone who maybe would ride this, say, around the city to get around, they would, say, jump off the train and hop on the Zuma, then uh, when they get to where they need to go, they put the Zuma back in the bag that comes with it. There's a free carry bag that fits it very snugly in the bag, and then they just carry it around until they need it again. Now, it's not a light product. This is quite heavy. The uh, the product weighs, uh, I'm just trying to find the weight of it here. Uh, it doesn't actually state it uh, the, in, the, in the specs here, but it, it, is, it, no, it's, it actually weighs 10.7 kilos. So they, I've just found it here. It does weigh, it's not a light thing to carry around. So if you are thinking of commuting with this, it is quite heavy to carry this around for extended periods of time. So really think about how far you need to go and how you're going to use it properly. Now, in terms of riding it, I think you really need to be pretty good at it uh, to have enough confidence to ride it, A, among other people, and B, across all different types of surfaces. Now, it can go across over bumps in the pavement. Of course, it can't go up, up and down gutters and things like that. You really need to have a pretty smooth surface to begin with. But you do need to be very careful if there are pretty some large bumps in the pavement or in the road. Uh, you, you do run the risk of maybe uh, the losing your balance and falling over. So you really need to be pretty confident before you take this out in public. The Zuma is priced at nine ninety nine for the classic, and it's eleven ninety nine for the sport but tech guide readers are in for a treat here they, by quoting a code that you can find in our tech guide story you'll be able to shop for these devices and get receive a 20% discount so there will be a code that I will publish on the Zuma on my in my Zuma review. So the 999 classic will then come down to 799.20 and the 1199 Zuma sports will come down to 959.20. So check out our story at Tech Guide to see our full review and to also get that special code that gets you a 20% discount. You want to see what the Zoom R looks like and see a video of how it performs? Check it out, techguide.com.au. Now, aren't wireless speakers popular? They are everywhere. But you know what? They're not all cheap. I think uh, you do need to. Uh, m- most of the wireless speakers on the market are quite expensive, but Laser has come along, and this is uh, uh, a company that is is used to bringing out uh, value priced b- items. So, so in this case, the wireless speaker, which is kind of like the Sonos speakers, the Bose Sound SoundTouch speakers, so many wireless multi-room audio speakers on the market. Laser has come out with a model that offers great quality uh, and great value and proves the point that you don't need to spend big money to enjoy wireless multi-room audio. Now, the Laser WFQ10 uh, is about 24 centimeters wide, 12 centimeters long, so it's not a massive speaker, so it doesn't take too much space, but it does work pretty well. Uh, it has a companion app. It's actually the Qualcomm All Play app, which works with other brand speakers. So, if you do, you can add to this system and you don't have to buy just Laser speakers. Of course, Laser would love you to buy just their speakers, but you may own a, a Qualcomm All Play compatible speaker and you can add a Laser to that as well. So, the idea is to set up the speakers in various rooms, give them different names, and then you'll be able to play music to that particular speaker either individually or all together, however you like. You can play your own music. You can uh, tap into services like Spotify and, and play your through your Spotify account. You can even also uh, you can also download a, an internet radio app, uh, or again from Qualcomm that lets you access. Thousands of and thousands of internet radio stations from around the world. Uh, it, it's it's divided into region, it's divided into genre, it's divided into into eras. So if you want to listen to eighties music, for example, there are plenty of stations that can help you do that. It is very easy to link link this to your home Wi-Fi system. Setup was actually quite easy, uh, and easier than I thought. Uh, you know setting up a Sonos system is actually probably more involved than setting up a laser uh, wireless speaker system to your home network Uh, you can once it's connected you can then use the app the Qualcomm All Play app to access either your own music on your device or music from those services that I mentioned Spotify Rhapsody uh, just to name a couple there Uh, the radio app too is also very handy and can uh, provide lossless audio up to 192 kilohertz at 24 bit so you, you you're getting decent sound quality now. I'm not. I'm not saying that the laser sounds as good as a Sonos speaker. It doesn't. It doesn't sound as good as a Bose speaker. It it it's, it doesn't sound as good as that. But what you're getting here is value for the price you're paying, and they are 179.95. For the price, you're getting pretty good value here. So you're getting a speaker that sounds pretty impressive. Obviously, not as good as you would a, a speaker that costs three times as much. But for the money, it is. decent. Decent quality, acceptable, impressive quality that uh, is worth a try if you're on a budget. The laser speaker, the WFQ10 wireless speaker, you can check it out. You can see pictures and read our entire review at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. Well, I'm also, uh, not only am I a big Star Wars fan, I'm also a big Call of Duty fan. I've been playing Call of Duty games for, oh, as far back as I can remember from the original Call of Duty set back in World War II. Well, it's uh, Call of Duty season once again, and the latest uh, episode, the latest version, Call of Duty Black Ops 3 has just landed. And the game is set in 2065, which is 40 years ahead of the events of Black Ops 2, if you cast your mind back to that. The world is a totally different place. Nations have set up sophisticated air defences, and the armed forces are made up of combat robots. There are still human soldiers involved, but... A lot lot of them uh, have a bit of a RoboCop feel to them, so they're a mixture of machine and flesh and blood. And your character that you play is one of these robot soldiers. Uh, There's a scene early on in the movie where, in the movie, in the game, where you are literally torn limb from limb by one of these enemy combat robots, and you're rebuilt so that you can continue to to serve. Uh, Now, the campaign... ...is a little bit different, I have to say. It it does start out like your other typical Call of Duty game... But it does take quite a left turn uh, in the second act. It is very uh, all, all I describe it, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone who wants to play the game. Very Matrix-like. Well, nothing is what it seems. Is this really where I am? Is this really the world I'm living in? That's all I'll say. It does. Uh, it does. Re- it does take itself outside the box a little more than your average Call of Duty game. The ending is also controversial unusual, and some people may think uh, they may not like it, it is a little bizarre, but I, I have to applaud the makers of the game, Treyarch, for trying to think outside the square, which is definitely what they've done. Now multiplayer mode of course is typical, typically high quality and one of the reasons, one of the main reasons I think why a lot of Call of Duty fans actually buy the game, I know a lot of players who just buy it for the multiplayer, they don't even bother with the campaign, well I'm not one of those players, Of I like playing the campaign as well, I do like to get that out of the way first uh, and in the case of the campaign actually I should mention that it isn't your typical on rails set path that you follow, there are actually several different paths you can take so, but to achieve the same ending, same well, same goal, but maybe reaching it a different way, affecting the game in a different way. So, what that adds is a little bit more playability. So uh, that that also helps. It the campaign can also be played in co-op mode. So up to three of your friends can play together online and complete the missions, all the the whole campaign together. Multiplayer, Of course, uh, the absolute uh, bread and butter of the game is still brilliant. Uh, there are some additions that, to the campaign where there are you given certain powers because you're a robot, and I think it's bordering on making the game a little too complicated. It's bordering on maybe alienating the core fans of Call of Duty. For the sake of bringing one new player to the franchise, I think you may alienate a dozen hardcore players. So that's kind of a risk there where... Uh, Uh, These new features, and it really complicates the game in some parts, in my opinion, that uh, I think could have been probably, I think that's trying a little bit too hard for the game, trying to make it too different. But anyway, a lot of people like it. I'm, I'm of am of the uh, the thinking where if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Keep it, you know. Keep it. Let us be impressed by the storyline and, and the twists and turns, rather than by how impressive I can make uh, an enemy robot catch fire just by waving my hand at it. Uh, I Think that that uh, that's not going to please everybody. Multiplayer, of course, uh, it, it does allow have all your typical maps, team deathmatch, domination, gun game, new safeguard mode, which is interesting, where you need to protect a robot. What, moving from one side of the map to the other and you being the uh, the opponents have to try to stop you. Very exciting, great variety of maps as well, all kinds of sizes, great designs, so uh, some nice tight maps for close combat, other long range maps for those who'd like to sort of hang back and use their, use their sniper rifles, that's also in the game too. And of course, zombies zombie mode is still here in fact, when you finish the campaign so uh, it enters nightmare mode so you can actually play the entire campaign again but your enemies are zombies very interesting, but there is a dedicated zombie mode, which is set in the 30s and 40s, which is a a the total opposite of what the campaign is the campaign is this high tech 2065 setting the zombie mode which is basically you staying alive as long as you can when this, with swarming zombies around you that is set in sort of the 40s very uh, noir uh, kind of setting so uh, really interesting Call of Duty Black Ops 3 uh, it is, look it's it's not a bad game, probably not as good as some earlier versions, I think they tried a little bit too hard with the various uh, different kind of out there storyline and also So with these add-ons, but still a very, very enjoyable experience. If you want to check out my full review, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. The Tech Guide podcast is also sponsored by Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. Today we live in a world where cyber criminals are working overtime to try to find ways to steal your personal information. The team at Norton is dedicated to keeping people safe online no matter how they connect. So whether you're paying bills on your phone, shopping on your tablet, or banking on your laptop, Norton's latest internet security solution, Norton Security Premium, is working behind the scenes to keep your information, your identity, and your devices protected. It also comes with secure PC cloud backup, so you can back up and save your personal files, photos and videos, and other memories that live on your devices. So for more information about Norton Security, Premium and how to protect your online life. Check out au.norton.com. Tech guide. Now, answering all your tech questions. The Tech Guide Help Desk. Our Tech Guide helped us this week. I got an email from a reader named Daryl who was saying that he was uh, he has a Samsung TV and he's having trouble connecting it to the internet. He has other Wi-Fi devices in his home and they all connect. And he doesn't seem to be able to get his Samsung TV to connect to the Wi-Fi signal. How can he get around that? Well, it's an interesting little problem there. And what I suspect has happened there, Daryl, is that your router has a limited number of IP addresses it can assign on your network. It is a bit of a default. Uh, And I had this same problem actually here. I'm an Optus customer, an Optus cable customer, and my router, I think, had a limit of 20 IP addresses it could serve out uh, wirelessly through that modem and the 21st device uh, would only connect when one of the other devices wasn't working or had a wired connection, so it was a little bit hit or miss. Well, it's very simple to solve this problem if you go into your settings. So go into your modem settings, you can assign that number, so increase from 20 to 99 that's what I did I made it so that I could have 99 devices and it would automatically assign an IP address to up to 99 products Uh, that I think is what the issue that you're having here you may have hit your limit it could be even as low as 10 products depending on the type of modem you have so what I would suggest is maybe go back to your ISP Tell them about the modem, tell them the modem you have, tell them the problem you're having, and they may be able to talk you through getting that uh, setting change in the background so that you can connect that additional product, that, that new Samsung TV. Uh, the only other solution would be to have a wired connection, but in the, it sounds like you don't have an Ethernet cable handy to plug into your TV, and Wi-Fi is the only way to go. That is what I'd try. That is what I would do. You're listening to Tech Guide. And that's our show for this week. You can read about everything we've talked about at techguide.com.au. And we should mention we're running an absolutely brilliant competition for you to win an LG 65 inch 4K Ultra HD TV. You can get to go get over to techguide.com.au. You can click on the the top banner which says Tech Guide's LG 65 inch 4K TV giveaway. Click here to enter what you need to do. You'll be seeing we're in the Australian Spring and the LG TV is so brilliant at displaying colours. We want you to submit your colourful picture of Australia. So get taking uh, get uh, get snapping, and get those photos over to us and you could be winning a 65-inch LG 4K Ultra HD TV. Special thanks to our sponsors Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online and keep your devices safe as well. Thanks for listening. Been great having you with us once again. We look forward to you joining us again next week for episode 1. 74. But until then, stay safe and stay connected.